All right, welcome back to the Lowly Shepherd Podcast with Pastor Jay and Travis Welch. And uh, today we're going to pick up again in chapter 5 of Ephesians, uh, picking up in verse 11 and try to get through verse 21 again this time. Um, I'm going to pick up and read here. If you have your Bibles, as always, you can you know, read along with us or, or just listen in. I'm going to be picking up in verse 11, starting in uh, the ESV translation. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. (coughs) So we had talked last time, of course, we talked about being imitators of God, walking in love, imitating uh, Christ's example of love and giving himself up for us. Uh, and we contrasted that, or Paul rather contrasted that with, um, you know, as opposed to walking in the ways of the world and sexual immorality and crude talk and, and, and behavior and covetousness and idolatry and loving the ways of the world. Instead, we're supposed to walk as children of light uh, and then uh, be imitators of God in that and, and trying to find out and discern what the will of God is and to how to please the Lord in verse 10. And so jumping in here, verse 11, Therefore take no, walk, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead, instead expose them. And uh, he's carrying on this same uh, illustration he's been talking about, about light and darkness. And uh, you know, as I'm reading this, there's always that joke about, you know, you you turn on the light and the cockroaches scatter, right? You know, because mm-hmm. they love the darkness. And well, uh, you know, Paul is mentioned in other books as well. He talks about you know the workers of lawlessness, those who do evil that are do unrighteous deeds. They like to work in secret. And uh, we had talked about, of course, that sexual immorality is the word pornonia, where we get the word pornography. Uh, and of course, you had mentioned last time that's. That's what you have nowadays. You know, it used to be you had to go to the store and kind of, you know, be out in the public to buy a magazine or something. Now, anybody from the privacy of their own phone, you don't even have to have a computer now, your own phone, you know, in your room can, can have access to, to this pornographic material and it can be done in secret, um, which is what, you know, all workers of unrighteousness like to work in secret. You know, mm-hmm. no, no one wants their, you know, perverted uh, ideas or their you know twisted means or uh, wh- whatever their their particular sin is no one wants that to be exposed to the public and uh, and that's what Christ is saying here so like, we're not doing these things in secret because you know we want it to be in the light it needs to be out in the open so everyone can see who you are really uh, and that's what they always talk about uh, character is who you are when no one's looking I'm thankful I'm thinking of in the last in the last episode that we did, you had brought up this whole thing about uh, what, uh, when in verse 11, about what, uh, no, my translation says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful mm-hmm. things of darkness, the works of darkness. But um, 
you had said something about the verse that, uh, you know, what fellowship does light have with darkness? That Those verses, that's in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, yeah. I mean, I'd have to look it up, but I know it's in 2 Corinthians. Did you, did, is that what you thought it was when you said it? No, I thought, I, was, I couldn't think where it was. I was thinking. But like, it, it's, uh, it's those passages that say things like, uh, do not be unequally yoked. Oh, yeah. It's those okay. passages. And then he comes up for what fellowship does. Uh, uh, does does it have with unrighteous righteousness have with unrighteousness or what fellowship does does yeah, second, light second Corinthians dark? chapter six verses fourteen through sixteen yeah yeah, yeah. but the idea is there there the, you know what fellowship does light have with darkness you know kind of a thing and that we're reminded of that he tells us don't you know have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness but rather reprove them we are supposed to be about reproving the darkness. And the sad thing about it is I see more Christians, con there's, there's a, you know, we, we have more Christians contributing to the darkness mm -hmm. <laughs> than we are to the light, and we're supposed to be light, right? And you were quoting those verses earlier about how God is light, mm -hmm. and in Him is no darkness, <laughs> you yeah. know, those kind of verses like that. Well, we're supposed to be reflectors of that light. Our presence is supposed to make a difference in the room or, or wherever we're at. And so we don't need to be about uh, contributing to the darkness. Rather, we need to be contrasting the darkness and shining in the dark places and stuff. Well, and you had talked about, too, uh, reminded me of uh, Romans chapter 1, where it talks about not only do they partake in these things, they also give hearty approval to those that, mm -hmm. that do them as well. And, of course, that's where we seem to be living in our present society. It's not enough. Uh, for, for sin to be allowed, it, it has to be encouraged and has to be praised. I mean, of course, we're, we're in the, the midst of June is, is Pride Month uh, for the LGBT community. And, and you know, I've, I've seen it all over the place and, you know, even on your, your television shows and things like that. And, and uh, you know, th this is not just something that we're allowing. It's something that we have to be prideful of as well. And so, you know, all of these these sinful actions that, that we have participated in and, and then, of course, even compromised in as Christians are, are well, they're, they're not just going to come back to bite us. They're going to, they're going to, you know, they're contributing to the downfall of, of our society. Yeah. Um, and uh, much like every other society that has fallen, whether it be Rome or Babylon or anything, any great society that has fallen before, it always gave in to the sinful practices of the world. Well, yeah, we can contribute to the darkness by more than participating in it ourselves. You know, well, we, can, yeah. we can contribute to the darkness by just... Uh, uh, just allowing it to happen by just closing a blind eye and well, trying to. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, I think, that said that it's like you know all it takes for evil to succeed is for good people to do nothing. Right, right. All right. So anyway, he goes on. He says, "For it is shameful, verse twelve, for even to speak of the things that they do in secret." And uh, you know, it's debatable about you know what he's talking about here. It could be any number of the the sinful practices that the pagans were. Uh, involved in in, um, in Ephesus, uh, given the light of the, the the recent comments about sexual immorality, is probably talking something to that effect. But it's shameful to even speak of these things. We're not we're not even going to like you know give them ink to talk about them here. Well, I tell you what I think of. I think of um, there's some things I'm better off not knowing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that stuff that goes on in the secret places and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, you know we like to we like uh, we like to kind of 
you know, sin, sin is, he likes to be carried out in the, in the darkness and, you know, and, and hidden and everything like that. But man, you know, there's, I look at something like that too. And I'm sitting there saying, you know, there's some places I don't need to be going into. I don't need to be going into those temples and all that kind of stuff. I don't need to know what's going. I know, yeah. I, I, I know enough. You know, yeah, I don't, I don't have to get cancer to know that cancer is bad. Yeah. So let's listen. And so that. when he says that, those don't even speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Don't even speak of those things. Like I, you know, there's some things I'm, I, I don't need to know. I don't. I don't. I. <laughs> well, that cracks me up because I was. I was like recently. I. I it's, it's read something uh, on an article, and it was like some kind of slang term. And I was like, "What is that? I've never heard this term before." But and you know, I, it's not good. And it, yeah, and I, I, I gathered from the context that it wasn't good. But I. I made the mistake of googling. Yeah, let me go look it up. And then I looked it up, and it's of course some kind of weird, you know, sexual fetish thing. And I'm like, okay, I could would have been better off not yeah. knowing what that was. Yeah, but that's what <laughs> so, I think yeah, exactly. Uh, it's a shame to even speak these <laughs> right. things. Do we, I mean, do we have any shame, you know, yeah. kind of thing? Uh, verse 13, but when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Yeah. Uh, once again, God or Christ here in this example as the source of all light that, that opens up in the, and, and not just visible light. That's what we tend to think of, but it's spiritual light. Uh, light in the Bible is always reflective of God's truth, and so uh, you know I just I preached recently on the on the authority and the inspiration and inerrancy of Scripture, and you know God's truth shines through in the Word of God, the Bible that we have, um, and you know this is the the standard, the measuring tape, the canon as it is for our life, and and you know we who you know, get absorbed and caught up in this, uh, you know, this darkness of this world, we get confused about what is right and what is wrong because we start basing it upon popular opinion and we start basing it upon, well, my personal feelings. Well, I feel like this isn't so bad. Maybe this should be okay. Well, you know, that's not the way truth works. Truth is, is what corresponds to reality and God is the one who determines what corresponds to reality because he created reality. And so God, as the source of light, is trying to wake us up. It's like, hey, come out of the darkness into the light of truth so that you can understand what is right and what is wrong and that you can be able to live according to that. See, I go up there to that verse 11 again where it says, mm -hmm. it says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Yeah. We're so, well, see, My <clears throat> version says expose them. Yeah, yeah. and so see, I think... The, the light of the gospel, the light, the light of God, you know, God is light. And we know we've talked about that a little mm -hmm. bit, but we're supposed to be light as well. Mm -hmm. The light of Christ is supposed to be reflective in us, you see. And so we don't uh, participate with them. Our presence is like, it's just like the word of God would um, uh, be manifest in, in the darkness. You know, the light of God be manifested you know, we we we're supposed to be able to reprove uh, those things as well. Our our life, our presence should make a difference in your workplace, in your school, wherever you're at. Darkness. One thing about darkness, the good thing about it is that's where the light shines the brightest. Mm -hmm. Kind of a deal. <clears throat> and so we're living in a very dark time, even right now. What is it like? Isaiah says that it's like uh, we're coming in, that there's a time of darkness. Even no darkness, even 
gross darkness. He refers to gross darkness. You remember that? I, I don't know where that is, but yeah. But I always hear that gross darkness, and I think to myself, that's the kind of darkness, man, you can feel. That's the kind of <laughs> darkness that you can smell it. And everything. You, you know it's, it's there. You see what I'm saying? But, uh, man, the, and we're entering into that. Look how the dark times in which we're living now, uh, all the violence and all the murders and all the, I mean, it's like coming just wave after wave after wave, and we look at things like, oh, my gosh, you know, come, Lord Jesus, come kind of a thing. It's getting worse and worse. And the Lord even tells us that when he comes, he's going to come at the, like a midnight hour when things are at its darkness and stuff. But the, the, good, the good news about that stuff is, is that that's when our light is supposed to be the brightest, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when he starts talking about reproving the darkness, it's, it's yeah, we reprove it. I mean, the word of God, the, the presence of Christ, all that reproves it. But our presence mm-hmm. is supposed to be uh, making yeah, that we're, kind of a difference. As we're well. his representatives on earth. We we represent God on on the physical plane of existence. Yeah, we should be a reproof to the darkness wherever we're at. Uh, let's see. Verse fifteen says, "Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, mm-hmm. making the best use of the time because the days are evil." And of course, walk is uh, uh, Paul's way of saying how you live your life daily. It's it's uh, your your everyday practice or habit. You know, look how you, you look at how you're living your life. You know, live it as a wise person, not as an unwise right. person. Uh, and I like verse 16, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Uh, and the, the word day there is not not talking about a you know a 24 hour you know chronological period. It's talking about the present age, if you will. Uh, which in in uh, Hebrew understanding, you had the present age of sin and darkness, and then you have the age to come, which is when Christ returns. Well, when God returns, the day of the Lord, uh, from Jewish understanding, and and then the the Eden is sort of reconstituted and, and renewed, uh, and so that's the age to come. But we live in the present age of darkness, uh, what was the common Jewish understanding, and so. You know, it's not it's not just that the day that we live in right now is evil. It's like the whole age has been evil. But mm-hmm. as you said, it's just getting progressively Progress. worse and worse and worse uh, and will until Christ returns. Yeah, he talks about this, you know, this whole have nothing to do with the unfruitful works of darkness. Mm-hmm. You know, well, man, do we realize how dark, <laughs> how dark it is, you know, and I think it's it's supposed to be, you know, like an incentive for us to hey start paying attention look around what's going on the hour's getting late Mm. Uh, be be wise walk circumspectly you know knowing what the hour is and uh, redeeming the time because the hour because the hour is late we're running out of time we no longer have the luxury of time it's 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 past that you know Um, we're quickly running out of time and so whatever it is the Lord's calling us to do, we need to be doing it now. Right, and what, 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 is making, what is making the best use of the time? In my opinion, it would be spreading the gospel. This, this is, I think, what he's talking about is like you know, spreading the light of Christ and, and, the truth and living the truth of God yeah, to everyone around you. Um, and, and as you said, time is running out. It may not just be um, you know, the end of the age. It may be, uh, you know... Even if Christ doesn't return, you know the like as I said, there are plenty of empires that have fallen from from the sinful state that they mm-hmm. were in, and uh, Rome being the you know 
the, the big one that everybody knows. But, I mean, certainly the United States of America could be towards the end of the time for this, you know, this country. Uh, could be the end of the time for your life. I mean, we have a short amount of time on Earth, and we don't know uh, how long that is. You know, we could die tomorrow. You could die five minutes from now. You could die another. You know, live another twenty years. You don't know, so you have to make the best use of the time that you have. You know, what's that uh, whole carpe diem? You know, seize the day thing. But from a Christian perspective, to seize the day is to actually make every opportunity to to spread the word of Christ. Yeah, I don't know how much time you think you have left, but I I, I know I guarantee you one thing: you've severely overestimated. <laughs> you're you're running out of time. And he says, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So he starts talking about this, where in verse 7, wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to know what God's will is. And then he connects the will to the Spirit, the, knowing the will of God, to being not drunk with wine wherein mm -hmm. is excess, but being filled with the, with the Spirit. Which is kind of kind of a play on words there because it's you know, I mean my version of course says drunk but it's, it's you know don't be filled with wine be filled with the spirit so uh, you know we call you know wine spirits sometimes so he's saying don't be filled with the spirits but be filled with the Holy Spirit uh, is kind of his little play on word he's got there but I mean of course you've got you know the the uh, festival of Bacchanalia I think it was called and uh, um, Bacchus the the god of wine which was very popular in Ephesus and surrounding regions there. Um, all sorts of uh, you know festivities that were being involved in that, and so once again he's dealing with a pagan culture that that's you know eat drinking and being merry that's that's reveling in uh, earthly desires and pleasures rather than pleasing God. Um, but he's saying yeah don't 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 go around being drunk because that's going to lead to you not living your life wisely. You're going to be wasting your time that God has given to you is what he's saying. Rather be filled with the Spirit. And then, you know, as opposed to that, verse 19, he says, this is how you should address one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, um, which I think is kind of funny because, you know, once again, I think this is sort of a play that Paul's making here with the whole drunken thing, because what do, what do drunk people do? <laughs> They have fun. They have fun, and they're <laughs> singing, and they're, you know, ha, 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 you know, whatever, and, and laughing and whatever a lot of the times. And so, but he's saying, yeah, yeah, you don't need, he's saying, you don't need alcohol to do that, but if you're full of the Spirit. Well, it's joyful. It's being yeah. joyful. Yeah, if you're full of the Spirit, then you're going to be full of joy and, and full yeah, of exactly. thanksgiving exactly. And, and full, you know, you, you're going to have a song in your heart that you're going to be singing all day long. I think we saying. need to talk a little bit about what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and it's not like I'm an expert <laughs> anything like that on it here's the crazy thing it's connected to that whole will of god business because he, he says there and he says uh, uh redeeming the time because the days are evil wherefore be ye be ye not unwise but understanding what the will of the lord is and uh, you know in, in the in the old testament there was a couple of instances there where somebody is being described as being filled with the Spirit. And I can't think of what the old boy's name is, but he was kind of like the, uh, the contractor that was in charge of building the uh, temple. Gives his name. I don't remember what it is. I probably can't even pronounce it if I saw it. But, but, <laughs> yeah, it's one, one of those weird names. But yeah. the idea is, is that the Spirit came upon somebody, was described as being filled with the Spirit when he was given a specific task or function or something to do, and it, it might have been just for a short period of time for that task and everything else, and which is good. And in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, you had the Spirit of God was with us, 
And in the New Testament, we have the idea that the Spirit of God is in us. Mm -hmm. He's not only with us, but He's also He's also in us. You see what I'm saying? And uh, and so you have you have the Holy Spirit, but then we have these instances where it says someone being filled with the Spirit. Now I don't mm -hmm. understand all of this, but uh, there, uh, but it has something to do with. Every person who is described as being filled with the Holy Spirit is at that moment 100% in the will of God. You know, you have those examples like um, Stephen. Mm -hmm. uh, when Stephen was stoned, he looked up in heaven, saw the Lord standing. It said, and being filled with the Spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, he sees the Lord standing and, and all that kind of stuff. So at that moment, Stephen's 100% in the will of God, being stoned. <laughs> you know, he's described as being filled, in, filled with the Spirit. Well, I think it has to do with uh, control. Control. You know, you're not being controlled yeah, by wine. You're being good. controlled by the Spirit. That's good. That's uh, cause, really good. Because, I mean, I've heard people, you know, this whole idea of being filled with the Spirit. It's not like you can get more of the Spirit than you got at, at salvation. You know, you got all of the Spirit you're going to get at the moment of salvation. It's not like you're, you know, you only got 10% and then you're going to keep getting filled and a little bit more. No, no, but, but in this sense, and I, I think I'm correct on this, that like being filled with the Spirit means being controlled by the Spirit. Right. Uh, as opposed to being controlled by the wine. Um, right. And right. so here, yeah, here he's, he's controlling, being controlled by the Spirit in that sense. And the crazy thing is there's like whole books, you know, bunches of books written about like how to know and do the will of God, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, or... Uh, and what it means to be filled with the Spirit. And, you know, to me, there's a connection there between the two. And, you know, I can't, I can't explain it or anything. I only know, I only, you, you know when you're in the will of God and when you're not in the will of God, you know. And, uh, and you, you, can, you begin to be able to discern some of these kind of a thing, especially if the Lord starts to chasten you and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, that, I think that's what he's talking about about right there is, is that, uh, that that being filled has to do with being in the will of God. And we need to make sure that we know what that will of God is. Amen? Amen. Uh, let's, let's finish it out here. Verse 20 saying, Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We already just talked about you know hymns and singing and giving praise with all your heart, giving thanks to God in all circumstances. And then it closes out here in verse 21 with this little statement that's going to be a bridge to, to the next section, uh, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And mm -hmm. uh, we'll, we're going to talk about uh, next time about husbands and wives and about submission and you know how those wives are supposed to obey their husbands all the time and the husbands don't have to do anything. Isn't that right? No, mm -hmm. no, no, that's not what it says. But uh, yeah, sub submitting, and, sub and it's interesting, and I'll, I'll leave it kind of with this. The idea of submission is you can't force submission. Um, you have to yeah, embrace it. Yeah, yeah, submission is something that you willfully choose to do to submit to another person. Submission is not something that can be forced, and that's where well, that will lead us into that discussion about husbands and wives and how that's been misunderstood over the years. And I think, the, and just to cap my thoughts off here, when you're talking about being filled with the Spirit, you, you, mm -hmm. you just got done saying that one of the characteristics of being filled with the Spirit is that you're joyful, mm -hmm. you know, because he did all that stuff about hymns and spiritual songs and all that. Another thing of being filled with the Holy Spirit is that you're thankful. Verse 20, give mm -hmm. thanks always for... And, he, and earlier we had a verse about being thankful. You know, instead of speaking, you know, blasphemies and everything like that, we just need to be thankful. Or, But uh, 
But in verse 20, he's giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus. So one of those other characteristics of being filled with the Spirit, not only are you joyful, but you're thankful. And then he starts talking about submission. Yeah. And so that's another characteristics of what it means to be filled with the Spirit. And we talked about that you know, just a minute ago when we were talking about what it meant to be filled with the Spirit. Mm -hmm. you know, he's controlling you. Mm -hmm. know, you. And so there you have the characteristics of being filled with the Spirit, being joyful, being thankful, and, and, and uh, being submissive. Mm -hmm. There you go. There's three points for you pastors out there right, if you there want you to go. use that for your sermon. Next Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no copyright needed, right? Yeah. You got it. All right. Well, we'll pick up there with husbands and wives uh, next time, and uh, you guys have a good week. We'll catch you later.